Hi, I'm Harini. Hi, I'm Camille. And welcome back to the News Podcast. On today's episode, Camille has written a poem that has been uploaded very recently to the News London website, so please, please check that out. Um, She's going to read it for us, and we're both going to talk about it, because I've genuinely just, I've just read it the first time. Um, And so, yeah, we just want to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, I literally just uploaded it this morning. It's it's so weird. And it's going to be so weird reading it. Like, I really just asked me to read it out on this podcast. And like, I did, it didn't actually cross my mind to do that. But like, yeah, so essentially, so I wrote this poem in the first week of university. So smack after um, two years, which were not fun for me or Harini or anyone else that we knew at the time. Um, and yeah, so I'll I'll read it out. It's gonna be so strange, like actually hearing it. I've never read it aloud. Um, but yeah, no. So I read it. I wrote it years ago now. So it's not like this is not current stuff. This is not how I'm feeling currently. This is not based on things that are happening currently. But it's just stuff from that we decided that we weren't gonna speak about. Um, and I think it's been long enough, essentially. Um, and when one of my friends read it, she said she felt really seen by it. So to anyone else who's listening who went through. The same stuff we did that I hope you feel seen also, um, because not all of these experiences are mine. Should I just start reading it now? Yeah, 100%. Okay, okay. Well, it's called Privileged Young Ladies. Privileged Young Ladies without anything to complain about. The perfect school, the perfect man, the perfect future laid ahead of us. The perfect plan etched into our souls from childhoods with ink as black as our waning sanity, filling our lungs with ash like the collapsing buildings of a reality we know we'll never know. As we use lighters to scare the dark away from the inside out, blaming ourselves for our pain as everyone else did, and desperately floundered to flush it away with poison in our veins as hospitalization is the only way we can forget the living nightmare of surviving the day. Cramming our personal statements with passion, flair and fire, though behind our exhausted, lifeless eyes, the only fire we feel is cold around our intestines from the constant caffeine as we push another paracetamol from the packet and try and black out, sorry, to block out the constant driving headache. I didn't mean to, it was an accident. So we pulled down our jumper sleeves to cover our arms, marred by vicious made up pets and increasingly real desperation. Hold in our stomachs and try and ignore the suspicious glances objectifying stares and condescending smiles, keep our heads down to avoid the whistles and the threats, and swallow our pride and our dread. Hide our fear or they'll smell it, hide our bruises, they'll just deny it, and enter a classroom of walking nightmares that never had to face responsibility for their crimes, for their lies that tore apart our lives, like lightning in a velvet sky, and leave the room when things get heavy to dry and breathe again, without feeling like there's a pin stuck into our throats that we can't dislodge without bringing with it the content of our lunch, that we spent feverishly picking at the corner of a page, pretending to read, as assaulters and abusers amble past, unaware of what it's like to see them there, eating their sandwiches, surrounded by daisies and the sulfurous clouds of their own impertinence, that no one will believe her. Smiling horrors in suits, regurgitating empty garbage about equality and freedom to impress their dream universities, while we push down our trauma and bile and smile, sit tight in silence, because if we leave the conversation, we're weak and dramatic. The mad woman lets loose from the attic and not contributing enough to finding a solution to the problems that they caused. But if we stay and manage to spend the day with people who allow us to forget this overprivileged hell we're burning in, then we're clearly fine. We made it up for attention from which we run in case someone tries too hard to find the lifeless husk of who we were before we buried her. 
in case we run out of excuses and start to feel the avalanche of pent-up emotion, of uncried tears of liquid fire that will exercise the demon of memory, of unheard hollow screams that will force out the monsters of trauma, of caged birds of prey that will soar with eloquence the day we finally find the words, not just in our hearts that physically hurt like they're being clenched by an iron fist, but in our lungs that are too tight to bring in air whenever we're forced to think about it, in our ears that ring like a fire bell so it drowns out all the noise around us, to our hair that we hold in the shower as it falls out in clumps, and we try and remember that that body is ours, even if we don't recognise it, in the glare of the daylight, a probing, groping searchlight for any shadow of a fault with which they'll rip us into shreds, and then say, she needs a bit of support, with a knowing smile of unadulterated adult ignorance, that they can play action man, play hero, play gods like we're broken dollies that they'll later toss aside and tick a box that they've fixed us, and leave us feeling more used than ever, staring at the ceiling through our nights that are broken and shattered into shards of nightmares and flashbacks, bloodied by our clumsy hands as we try and piece together the mirror that once showed us an image we recognised. Privileged young ladies lined up for school photos as teachers beam with pride for sending them to Oxbridge, to Warwick, to Durham, to Bath, as we're picked apart from the ramparts, our height, our weight, our body, our face, when the only thing to be criticised are not our perfect, imperfect bodies, are not our inhumanly strong reactions to the mind-searing problems and heart-wrecking cruelties that we never brought upon ourselves, yet we carry as a burden every day, including and especially the days we're told it's our responsibility to stop it from happening again. Because my God, we were told to stay away from strangers and not to be alone with danger. But it's far too late when you realise you're dating it. The jury of society has made its call and anything that happens is your fault now. The verdict has been spoken and it will never be in your favour until the gargoyles forged in hell itself are brought to justice in an inferno as unyielding as the one that rages in your heart that only your tears could quench. If only our sheltered hearts could feel, if only our privileged eyes could cry. Oh, Camille, that is so powerful. Like, I think, spoken out loud, I think I felt it a lot more. Um, That's brilliant. Oh, I'm so glad that that's up on the website now. Thank you. I'm glad. I would like, I never, I mean, because as I said, like I wrote it, that's what, two years ago now? Yeah. No, yeah, no, so I, was, I never was going to, I don't think I ever actually thought that I was going to put it online. And it was only yeah. then, like, I started thinking about it and be like, oh, maybe I'll, like, maybe I will, maybe it'll help people feel seen. And then when someone, like, one of, my, one of my friends who went through the same stuff that we did um, from my year, like, proofread it, and she was just like, you've got to do something with this. So I did. <laughs> no, it's it's actually it's 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 really brilliant. Um, I think there's a lot in it that we can talk about and explain. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah. Where do you want to start? I feel like okay. I feel like what I want to start by saying is that some of it, as I said at the beginning, is like most of it is how I was feeling and how you were feeling, and I think how most of was feeling. But I think what I was trying to do was capture like the general vibe, so like what everyone was feeling. So I think, for example, there's bits of it that are not stuff that I've been through, but they're conversations that I will never forget about. So for example, okay, so for example, the line about like pushing paracetamol out to blackout, I've never done that. But I can name you literally three women who've done it. And I remember a conversation where everyone else in the circle that I was talking about knew exactly how many paracetamols it would take to either blackout, send themselves to hospital or literally end their lives. And I was the only one there who didn't. So I think the fact that it's like, was such like a thing that existed that people knew about, that people had done, that people had tried, like I wanted to include it. Because then even if I was lucky enough not to have felt that way, if that many of the other women in our situation did, like I wanted 
their experience to be reflected as well same with like the vicious made up pets like I remember oh again I'll never forget the conversation where like I remember seeing one of her friends who was literally still bleeding from her arm and then when she saw that I'd seen it she just covered it up and was like oh it's my cat I've known her for years I know she doesn't have a cat so like there's so many situations like that that I know like I remember the conversation so vividly same with like the hospitalization Mm. like I'm luckily luckily I never had to like I never felt like I had to do that but I know girls that did because they just wanted a break so desperately that like the lengths that they went to sent them to hospital. Um, so yeah, so I think the first thing that I want to say is that for people who know me personally, it feels like it would feel weird if people thought that those specific examples were stuff that I'd been through. I think I think that's one yeah. of those the only examples. The rest of it is I mean I don't smoke, but that's the only that's, that's the only other thing. I think the rest of it is stuff that definitely like that does come from me. No, I think that at least for me when I first read through the poem, I was saying that. that that came across to me because it just felt like we were back in school and it was back in the common room and I was hearing all these stories about people and I just I felt so desensitized to it like I should have been gasping at some of the stuff that came up but I read it and I was like mm-hmm, yeah like I know about that do you know what I mean yep this yeah. is it um mm-hmm. I'm glad that you I mean okay I'm not glad that it took you back because obviously no one wants to feel like they're back there but I am glad that it's an accurate reflection because I feel like it is so hard to express because I feel like at the time none yeah. of us could no 100% and I feel like if I, even when even when people ask me about it now I'm so I see I'm completely desensitized I'm completely like detached from it so I'm just like oh xyz like a couple of facts mm. couple of stats throw it all in there kind of like a five bullet point description but I think that then when I found this again on my notes app and I was just like oh no these are these are the words this is this is how you put it into words yeah 100% and I think I, I, yeah I don't know I think the privileged bit for me like said something because I think I've always felt guilty about being the person that like barks on about feminism and equality and like this and that but you're right like we've come from grammar schools like I'm I was in a really good position like school-wise socioeconomically like everything to go to Oxford um to have like this very like lovely future laid out in front of me and yet I was still feeling like so horrible and so much like anger and like angst towards the world and I just felt so guilty about like being the person that like would like really like try and speak up about it when I knew that I wasn't I was one of the most privileged ones there does that make sense no I definitely and I completely agree with you and I I mean okay it wasn't a decision for us to go from that angle because as I said like it just came out it was like a it was a splurge like I just wrote it never went back to it left it in my notes Mm. up to rot I didn't make a decision to go about it that way that's just everything that I was feeling but the only reason it's called that is because it's the first line like it wasn't a decision to to look at it from that way but I agree because then the guilt is just like I can't get away from it so I think that's why it comes through in the poem is because same as you like I felt so guilty the same as like with the um the line like the collapsing buildings of reality we know we'll never know because like I know I'm not well cities aren't collapsing around us we're not refugees we don't live in Afghanistan we don't live in Syria like there are so many worse situations out there and so I feel I 100% agree with you like the feeling of guilt at the time and still now is overwhelming because we're so aware of the fact that there's so much worse out there but then I feel like that was exactly also the argument that was used to keep us down and keep us silent for so long because they were just like well what are you even complaining about what was the line that someone said one of the SLT Uh, like it's like it's a dress code you're not being oppressed yeah oh my god yeah yeah you're not being oppressed I remember hearing that again I'm not gonna unhear it yeah no you can't like a lot of the stuff that 
was said is seared into my brain forever which sounds so dramatic also for context I feel like we've not said for anyone new that's listening Camilla and I started this podcast because we became friends after a slightly traumatic sixth form experience um the sixth form we went to we had both come from all girls school and entered a mixed sixth form and I think struggled with some of the rampant misogyny that was <laughs> that was floating the hallways of the school yeah that's a that's a way to put it um <laughs> yes. the nicest way possible. yeah there's no two ways about it yeah I think we both had different six form experiences but yeah ultimately I think like I said like the poem like I felt quite seen by it if you've said another friend has felt seen by it Kimmel has also written it mm-hmm. like um I think we all ended up feeling very similar even though we might have been different as it I think that's the thing I feel like but even this conversation I've got so many takes that have come back that I picked up and like I've my bottom lip currently is like I'm feeling bruised because I can't stop like biting it and thinking at it which mm-hmm. is what I used to do the whole way of those two years and then I stopped doing it and now I'm just thinking about it again <laughs> like I'm starting again but um no it was an interesting time for sure yeah, yeah for the reasons that Harini really mentioned like I don't I don't know how much detail you want to go into talking about it because it's the other thing is that we then we sort of had like a period of silence. Yeah, because I didn't want to speak about it and I wanted... Because we didn't know what the backlash was going to be. Yeah, exactly. We didn't know what the... We just didn't know. Because so the amount of backlash that we were getting from individuals at the time was ludicrous. Like, it's it was crazy. And so I think... Like, I think genuinely we were scared of what would happen if we spoke about it, honestly. Because at the time it was such... It was so clear that there wasn't a line. Mm. Like, any line could have been crossed and we had no idea which one it was going to be. So and I think, like... Which sounds, again, it sounds almost because I know what I'm talking about, but other people don't, other people who didn't go through that will have no idea. But for example, things like, I remember sitting in a meeting with people in a position of power and then reminding us that they were the ones, because it was COVID, deciding our grades, who are going to be filing our grades for university. So when you hear something like that, from the person who truly, yes, was filing our grades for university, in a conversation where we were being increasingly vocal about the treatment that we were receiving, obviously, it was said to foster an environment of fear, and it did, and it worked. So I think that that's why we've been quiet about it for so long. And I think that's why this episode might not make any sense at all to people who are new listening or like even people who've known us, but not from that period. Yeah, it was just it was just uh, an interesting time uh, that the poem definitely sum- sums up. And we can both talk about how we related, I guess. But yeah, um, I think we had gone, in, at least for me, like I'd gone into it not really experiencing at least misogyny to that level before or like feeling that perceived oh, God, no, in my no, life. No um nor have I ever since yeah neither have I um but yeah I think we both like that was the first time that I really felt like my womanhood being like drawn to like the forefront of like my consciousness like I was so aware that I was a woman like all the time like like hyper aware of Mm -hmm. like me being a girl um and then yeah I think feminism for me like was something that I kind of like it was a big support to me throughout it and having like the female community and like it was really nice like having that solidarity but yeah like Camille said um if we did try and stand up for ourselves or try and initiate change because we were really like especially at the time like I didn't feel huge amounts of anger until afterwards it was more like at the time I just wanted to do something about it to make the situation for everyone better yeah and then I think the anger came I'm glad that you say that like you had anger afterwards because I certainly did yeah like you actually have so much pent-up rage yeah which I think is how this but not at the time which is funny because I I just wanted to be so productive at the time like I literally just wanted something to change I wanted the teachers to listen to us or like I just Mm. I wanted something to be be put in place so that every time like I walked up the hill to school I wasn't like like I wasn't like 
crippled with like fear do you know what I mean and like anxiety because I 100% and like before I think there's what really stood out to me in the poem is I I've written it down somewhere right I think the line is lifeless husk of who we were because me during sixth form like what upset me the most was that I think before sixth form like I was a completely different person and then like the first three weeks changed me so much that like at least for me, like, I was so quiet, and, like, I just didn't say anything, I didn't really want to be seen, I didn't want to be perceived, I didn't want to be heard, like, I was just, like, uh, like, I just, I didn't want to be there, right, and so that was, like, a complete personality shift that I've never had in my life, and then as soon as I left, and I was at uni, like, I, I felt like I was back to my normal self, and, like, I was more chatty, yeah. and talkative, and this and that, like, I just don't, it was just sad to, like, at least now look back on and be like, that's just not even who you were, like, I don't, I don't know where that came from, but it was just, like, a, a coping mechanism. I feel you. I'm, again like I'm glad that it resonated with you but that's definitely like I agree with you that's exactly how I felt as well because it was just I was a different yeah. person like it was literally like a completely different person and I feel like that was actually like the same with like in case someone looks too hard to try and find like who you were because I think that was the hardest thing about like speaking to people that you knew from before sixth or speak to your parents for example god Christ knows I've never spoken to them about like mm. these kind of emotions um but like because there was, there was so, somehow so much worse yeah to know that like people knew you beforehand and it was like it was almost easier to just shut off shut off sorry from who you were from ages 0 to 16 yeah um and just be like well this is me now like I don't even want to think about like a happier time I don't want to think about how I used to be because like then I'll cry because I'll know that I've lost that and I feel like it's sad because it is yeah on the one hand it's regained now that we're out like for sure I'm I am myself mm. like that's not that's no longer a thing that I have to worry about yeah and like I always think about so I actually having a conversation about this this weekend like I think I was just so much of like a nicer sweeter person beforehand and I like it's it's just sad that I know that I have the kind of like I have a slightly more I don't say cutthroat but like uh more of a hardness now mm. than I did and I know exactly where it's come from yeah and it's those two years yeah and I always felt like silly or dramatic like every time again I walked up like my one memory from this whole experience the two years of sixth form is genuinely just the anxiety I felt walking up especially like if I had a half day and we had to like walk up by like if I had to walk up the hill by myself and I didn't have a friend with me or something because like yeah we had different lessons or different timetables and it was just me on my own and I would see like the boys walking down and I would just have anxiety it was awful and I never felt like that before mm-hmm. and I felt silly because again like nothing like outwardly bad happened to me I, I mean actually I could name a couple of things but like again not as extreme as what I had heard to other people does that make sense like I kept feeling like oh like it's not it's not yeah. the same because like other no, people sure. are going through it other people are really going through it. like the other girls have had this 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 is this and like I've not but like I think it was also just being in that environment and like hearing other people go through it that suddenly I was like oh my god like everyone has had a negative experience like every single person every single person it doesn't matter that mine are like more minor than someone else's or like whatever it just I, it's just the sheer like no one had a positive experience like name one person well when we did the survey it was 71 out of 100 71 cases of harassment out of 100 girls yeah which is ridiculous like I just don't understand and it was like harassment like with a capital H like bordering on assault from yeah yeah and again Um, like no it's ludicrous yeah yeah I just it was just the audacity and again like for someone like for a lot of girls like that were louder or like spoke to the boys like in those friendship groups like I'm not um it was awful like it was more like but I'm, I'm just saying like as someone that like didn't see, speak to anyone just like wasn't involved in anything like where does that come from because like you don't even know me because I've not 
I've not given myself yeah. like a personality. You can't get away from it. Yeah, you can't. Like that. The... That's exactly how I felt. It was literally like when with the line with the like the searchlight. Like it's actually like you had no privacy at all. Yeah, but even true. the fact that like existing. Yeah. Everyone was looking at you, kind of thing, and it wasn't even like everyone was looking at you. Like I somehow think that I was the center of attention and whatnot. Like for sure, half the guys in the year did not know that I was alive, which is fine. Like I'd rather it that way. But I mean, no matter how much you try to keep your head down, someone will come up and like just ruin your bubble yeah for sure and I, I, I like it was literally like you know what it felt like it felt like if you imagine like an amphitheater like a roman amphitheater mm. that was just filled with men right and we were just like walking through one by one and they would just look oh and just God, comment and see what your flaws were see yeah. what like what your flaws were your weaknesses were where all of the cracks in your armor were and it, that's literally what it felt like every single every single freaking day yeah. for two years. Yeah, and I felt, I've never felt like that insecure in my entire life. But over what? In my whole life. Like, man. over my what? whole life. Again, like, you didn't even have to say anything, right? Like, I'm taking away, like, everything that was said, all these incidents, all these, like, awful, awful things that I had heard. It was just the general environment. It was. It was just the stares. It was just the looking. It was just the, like constant like yeah. su- not surveillance it was just perception like it was being perceived for the but it felt like surveillance it felt it like felt it felt like a police state yeah, it felt it like surveillance 100 it felt like you had a cctv camera over your head all of the freaking time and this is the thing as well with like the whole like the mental health aspect of it mm. if like feel like like botics another doll on the on the heap right yeah like that's 100 like it just it felt like even your own mental health even how you were feeling mm. was the only thing that you could try and protect by not letting anyone else know what you're going through. Like it was because it was the only thing that was personal to you. No, 100%. and even then you'd be ripped out, ripped out of you. I don't know a single girl who was the person who actually went to like say, like, oh, I'm struggling with XYZ. It was always a man who referred to her as a way of putting her down, being like, Oh, girl, you're unstable. Let me like email so and so so that like, you know, they know that you're mentally not there. Like it was never it was never the girls being just like, I'm struggling, I'm gonna go to like the NHS. Mm. It was always another guy being just like, either with some kind of savior complex or more realistically as like a power play to be like, Well, you're out of the running now because you're mentally affected, so I'm gonna like put you in like the broken women pile. What the fuck? Like it was it was crazy. It was crazy. That's horrible, yeah. But again, like the extent that people went to to protect their mental health is also crazy. Like I just Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we all came out very different people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think I think you can definitely say that. Another but, thing um... that you mentioned in the poem that I thought was really interesting was, um, you said, like, it was like how boys basically talk about like equality and stuff like that. Oh my god! Just to like no. impress their you know what it was? university. It was when someone sent me a screenshot of one of the most problematic guys in my year. Okay, I mean, I will, like, we'll serve this out afterwards. But it was, um, it was actually Z's LinkedIn, in which his bio, mm-hmm. his bio said that he was passionate about equality and justice. You're literally a misogynist, love. Like, what, what are you doing? Like, I saw red. I saw red. when I tell you in my body, I can literally feel flames of rage. That like, I'm so- actually. From my shoulders to my pelvis, just the whole my whole midriff right now is on fire with rage. Because how dare you have the audacity to use those words in your actual LinkedIn mm. that you're actually gonna capitalize off words like equality and justice when you're literally the reason that other people have full PTSD. Like you actually ruin people's lives and then you have the audacity to capitalize on it and use it to get a better job. Are you joking? Are you actually joking? No, for real. So it was like the amount 
people's personal statements were full of it. They were full of it. I read like six people's personal statements because, you know, you'll make my life hell in year 12 when you realise that I'm actually more literate than you in year 13. They're happy to ask me to proofread their stuff. Mm. But like all of them, all of them had stuff to do with like equality, justice, standing up for what's right, being a good person, blah, 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 blah. Mm. A bunch of books they'd never read. They were like the universities but hadn't read. Like, but you know what they're like in the day to day. And then how are we meant to compete with that when we're applying for the same universities without it being full of lies and when we're trying to deal with the consequences of their actions yeah for but sure. like i think this is why like the bit that was most like mm, powerful for me to write like i don't know how it came across but to write certainly was the bit about just seeing them eating their freaking sandwiches like in the sunlight basking in it with like little daisies all around like it was the perfect picture of what you're going to staple all over the school website and like just living the most like their little perfect lives and then saying that they somehow have issues like we have the same problems and also yours the ones that you've caused yeah that's so true like mm. no for real it's so annoying that they can use it as like that was the most jarring yeah. thing for me was the amount that we were suffering and they would literally just sat there mm. just having lunch yeah as though nothing was a problem because at least again like yeah i could speak for me and you and i, I know i can speak for a lot more people but i'm just gonna speak for me and you but like the whole equality justice like this is now like that was my mantra like that was my living reality for for two yeah. years like two whole years like that is the only thing I thought about when I woke up yeah. that was the only thing I thought about before I went to bed that was the only thing I thought about the whole way through school like femsoc you know our little meetings with Mrs Smith and then no 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 like that was that was my whole life love that woman like right. it was yeah so then when I spoke about it in my personal statement like it came from this this place that like this is all I've talked about yeah for the last two years like this means so much to me like I'm genuinely passionate about it and then you use it as a token word like yeah oh haha like yeah yeah equality and diversity like that's what companies are looking for like hire me yeah yeah no I feel you actually it's the thing that makes me the most the most enraged and I just think it's so infuriating this also links back to the whole guilt thing because like there was a time where like actually like it was even in uni like I just didn't even want to be a feminist anymore like I didn't want to be associated with it not in not in the not in a sense that I didn't I still wasn't passionate about those things and I still didn't want to advocate them I was just tired of like yeah repeating the same message again and again and again and like I was just getting so like I was I felt despair because I was like it just doesn't seem like productive anymore like no one seems to be listening yeah but I don't understand how boys especially like six one boys because I've spoken to some of them since and like they're so readily accepting of like for example you listen to an Andrew Tate podcast and he says oh like men need to have like six women that they're talking to otherwise they're not an alpha male you know and if I say oh yeah like I think women deserve equal opportunities suddenly you're going to come at me with oh yeah but men and women are biologically the same like, oh yeah what do you mean stop. like how can they yeah. do, 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 do? like are you a caveman are you a caveman are we not past this part yeah no I agree with you I just don't understand how you can be so accepting of one thing say that you're you know like advocating for change and you want to be a lawyer and like you want to make the world a better place but like you can't understand like a simple a very very simple message do you know what I mean no I completely agree with you and also um oh my god yeah no I'm not in my university or in my college feminist society neither am I I'm not because like I can't do anymore neither am I and that doesn't make sense for me because if you knew me yeah, if you knew me at sixth form, again, like I would expect you to be like a president of Cambridge Pencil. Yeah, no. <laughs> Likewise. I'm not even joined. I've not joined. I don't I've not I'm not on the mailing list and nothing. I've never been. I've not even been once. In fresh, I didn't go to one event, yeah. No, yeah. Didn't even go past the stall. Which is ridiculous because like first of all, the things that we could bring to those societies, like I think we have like we have skills, we have the passion, we have like what it mm. takes, you know, be helpful and contribute. 
Um, but no, like I'm done. Unless it's because this is why I think it's a good thing on the podcast is that we're in it together. We've been through this, like we've gone from the same place. Yeah. So we don't have to start from scratch if that makes sense. Whereas like I don't. Mm. First of all, I oh my god, like explaining it is so long. Mm. And second of all, like going through all of the basic stuff about why like women deserve, like I don't want to talk about it anymore. Like I actually don't. Which is why, like, I'm glad that we can have this podcast and this, like, the blog and everything that we can t- talk about the specific things. But like, I actually, it's so draining that like, coming out six or like, I just wanted to put it all behind. I don't want to think. I did not want to think about it. Again. No, but again, with that, I feel so much guilt because it comes from a place of privilege. Like, yeah. I don't have to have these conversations anymore. It's like, oh my god, like, there's still women like fighting for like basic human rights yeah. right and I'm yeah. here like oh you know what I'm actually really tired of the conversation I'm just not going to join because like you know what like my advocacy era is over like who am I do you know what I mean I just so much girl how who who am I really, how dare I think that I have the right to stop talking about feminism yeah when there's literally women being like stoned in the town square in Afghanistan for daring to like speak back to their husbands like no I'm like I've literally just done a presentation on Boko Haram right yeah. those girls were our age when they got abducted and there was like 250 of them no yeah and yet here I am being just like, oh, I'm done talking about feminism. I don't have time. I don't have the energy. I'm too tired. No, I feel you. Like, there's so much guilt because who am I to think that I don't have the, like, that I can just back out of the conversation? But then again, yeah, this is why I wanted to put the line in that's just like, but if you like, if you back out of the conversation, it's your fault. You're now not contributing enough. Please, sorry, did I did I cause the problem? Yeah. Did I cause the problem? Where are the men in the conversation? Where are the men in the conversation? Mm. Where are they? Yeah. Because they weren't there. They weren't there for two years. No, it's really draining, mental health-wise. A loud silence. A loud silence from them. Yeah. yeah. Which I Because, like, we didn't cause the problem. Yeah, exactly. So why is all of the onus on us to fix it? Yeah. This is just the problem with, like, like the whole movement itself, right? Like, yeah. oh. Wow. That felt like... I feel like a weight off my shoulders. Well, I think I was re-holding that in for a long time. Really? <laughs> poem, and now... Just had a little rant. I'm glad because I was worried that it was gonna like throw you in the deep end again. <laughs> like it's so no, funny. I'm glad, okay. Like, but I'm glad that you related. No, I did. I, it's great. And like honestly, like I think it would be really good to like read this. You know how we were saying before, um, an idea for the podcast where we have like some of the girls from Six One come in, like a little wide panel. The survivor. Yeah, the survivor yeah. panel. <laughs> I think that should be the name of the episode. Um I think it should be and then yeah I think it would be good to read it with them as well because again like we've only picked up on things that like we relate to or like that were our personal experiences but there's so much like trauma in that poem that it would be really interesting to see the other girls especially like deeper stuff that again it's up to them if they want to talk about it but like a lot went on you know yeah yeah a lot happened but again yeah to our viewership like that is why we started this whole platform like it was for six formers who at the time, we felt quite powerless. Again, now we're talking about... Huh, quite powerless. Yeah, completely powerless. I feel a lot more powerful with it. Like, I feel like I could have a conversation. I feel like I can stand my own mm. a little bit more. I feel like I can back myself. I agree. I'll take whatever the, whatever the backlash is, I'll take on the shit. Yeah, I'm quite... I feel like a stronger person. But yeah, for a lot of girls, like it's, it, that's not the case, especially when you're young and, like, this is the first time you're, fe- you're, you're facing any of these feelings. Like, you don't have a support system. Of course it is, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that... Yeah, no, I agree. This is why as well that, that I wrote the article, sorry, um, there's an article that goes with it, which is also on the blog. I mean, goes with it. You can read one without the other in either direction. But it's because I had, it was such a dilemma about whether or not to publish it because I was like, A, it's personal and therefore people won't necessarily relate to it if they've not been through what we've been through. And B, 
because it's got my name on it so when people google my name for example an employer it'll come up and therefore like if you know it's a bit it's it's not a condemnation because you know what there's no one's names in it and even if there was like tough sorry you didn't want to face your cautious you shouldn't have done the thing but um yeah oh uh, yeah no so it was such a big dilemma about whether or not to actually go ahead and put my name on it and stuff but then i did and so i wrote this article literally like both this is the thing with the article and with this they're both written so quickly the article i literally i texted my friends being like do i post this poem they were like yes and I was like, okay, I might write an article. And they were like, okay. And I literally, where I was, where I was stood, I sat down on my campus on a step, on a like a concrete step, brought my laptop, wrote it. 45 minutes later, article done. Like again, there was no editing. I just started writing and I finished writing and I published it. Like it just, it all came out. And for the whole like dilemma about whether or not to speak up, or whether or not to protect your peace um, and like putting your name on something and whether or not you want to be like the person that's spoken about it or not. Um, and yeah, and then I remembered all of the times during sixth form that I got a text message from someone being like, hey, like, thank you for saying X, Y, Z in class today. I really agreed with you. Or like, hey, you're so right for talking about this. Mm. Like, I didn't want to say anything, but you're like, you're correct. And then I'd remember all of those moments and I'd realise that actually, like, it is positive to talk about it. Even if you think you're just talking to yourself, there are actually people out there listening and they feel hurt by it. So even if it literally feels like you're talking into the silence, most of the time you're actually not. Um. So yeah, so I, I published it two years late long after all of these emotions luckily thank god have gone away because that's no longer the situation we're in um but yeah so i'm glad that you think that it is an accurate representation of the time i know the other people mm. who have read it who went to our sixth form agree which is good because i would not have published it otherwise like if it wasn't how people actually felt i wouldn't i would never have dared to or i wouldn't have had the audacity to because like it it's so something that has to be authentic mm. i don't want to be out here preaching something that other people don't agree with um but yeah anyways that is for sure all the time we have we try and stick to 15 minute episodes we've run straight into half an hour without even realizing it um yeah if you did go to our sixth form let me know your thoughts if you didn't equally and if as ever you want to be interviewed on the news podcast have your 15 minute interview about something you're passionate about just let us know our website is www.newslondon.co.uk you can email us on admin at newslondon.co.uk and the instagram is at newsldn underscore ldn 